We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 5th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Uh, with me today, starting today and every Tuesday throughout the NFL season, is my Rotowire colleague, Jake Latarski. And Jake and I are going to talk about uh, fab bids and waiver pickups and things like that. And you might be saying, it's week one. I don't need any of that. Might not be true, right, Jake? Yeah, absolutely. I know plenty of leagues that drafted in July, like our Vegas league, for example, and and there's running a fab period on Wednesday. And there are a lot of players that definitely need to be taken note of. And there's been suspensions and injuries and all sorts of different things that are going to affect those fab bids. We've always I've done this uh, the last few years, the waiver wire period. And and if you remember listening to me in the past years, it's the most important podcast you're going to listen to all week because really getting that edge on the waiver wire is what's going to make the difference in your league. Yeah, I got to say, I drafted some teams early and I looked at them last week and I'm going, what in the world was I doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got I got a Spencer Ware share I got to replace already. And some of those early drafts, they'll get you. You know, the, the one I was mad about O.J. Howard, mm-hmm. because 
I, I liked at the time, I said, oh, rookie tight end. And I know rookie tight ends don't have a great history, but I said, you know what? The guy's really talented. It's another weapon for Jameis. And I think it's a low end tight end one. It's great. And, and I keep joking around that everybody who's come on, so many people have come on this podcast over the summer and said, the problem mm-hmm. with OJ Howard is that he's too good of a blocker. So he's going to stay in and block while Cameron Brake goes out for passes. <laughs> yeah, I know people were making the argument that, oh, maybe he's having an athlete like OJ Howard will take, take away from Mike Evans. I, I wasn't buying that because of the rookie tight end. And he's built 6'6, 250 to be a blocker. And yeah. and he's probably one of those players at this point that you'll be thinking about cutting to repl- to uh, add some of the players that we're going to talk about today. Bummer for me, but Jake's here to help. All right. So uh, first guy I want to talk about here beyond what we just did, Andrew Luck. What, what do we do? What you, what's your leash in a season long league? I know it's a moving target, but but what what's a fantasy owner who drafted him to do? You can't cut him yet and you can't play mm-hmm. him this week. Beyond that, how, I mean, what what's the this is scary. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Andrew Luck is someone that you need to hold on to still because I do believe that when healthy, there's plenty of there's QB one potential. He is a QB one uh, and he's still owned in 93 percent of Yahoo leagues. That's about where where he needs to be. But I, I'm a little bit concerned. You're going to have to monitor this. I'm hoping by week three or four we have some clarity and we'll be able to uh, and we'll be able to do that. But until then, hopefully we're going to be able to help you provide a replacement. Uh, streaming quarterbacks is something that I've definitely no stranger to as someone who likes to wait on quarterbacks anyway. Uh, I, I don't typically advise going after Scott Tolzien yet unless you're in one of those two quarterback leagues where uh, where every backup and, and, and everyone that's playing in a given week is always snatched up on the waiver wire. But in your standard 12-team league, there are a couple replacement options that we'll get to for someone like Luck, and hopefully in a couple weeks we get a little bit more clarity. Scott Tolzien. So so what it, someone pointed out yesterday, and I retweeted it, we have we have a, a – we could have a McCown-Nathan Peterman matchup. We've mm-hmm. got a – let's see. There's a Bortles – who are the Jags playing? I'm looking at the schedule and I'm trying to find we, – we, we got a Bortles-Tom Savage matchup. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, there's going to be some brutal ones in now, week one, but at Tolzien, least the primetime games are awesome. Tolzien-Jared Goff. <laughs> Tolzien-Jared Goff. Yeah, the, the, the point spread on that game swung a little bit to the point where the Rams are three-and-a-half-point home favorites. You know, you take out the home-away thing. It'd be – we basically think – Jared Goff is a half a point better than Scott Tolzien, but that's just going to be a mess of a game. But that now that line, I re- that line went six points with with Lux with mm-hmm. the announcement that yep. Luck was out, right? Definitely swung, yeah, because the Colts uh, opened as yeah, yeah three point favorites, and now it's three and a half in the Rams' direction. Okay, um, everybody. Again, we want to thank uh, we want to thank Fanball for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Podcast. Mm-hmm. Check them out at fanball.com. Um, also on Twitter, Jake is at JakeSki52. I'm at JHelp37. And you can also tweet us anytime at Rotowire or at Rotowire NFL where you're going to find some player updates, um, which is going to help over the course of the week. And just so you know, from a scheduling standpoint, everybody, Tuesday mornings, we're going to do this um, about fab and free agent pickups and things like that. Thursday, uh, I'm going to preview the week with Thursday mornings with Tim Heaney and Friday afternoons late with Derek Van Riper. We're sort of going to put a bow on the week with everything. We're going to have all the injury reports in, um, you know, sort of start sit type of stuff based on everything we know. So uh, everybody, please check it out. And Mondays, we're going to wrap up the Derek and I are going to wrap up the weekend. So that's your schedule four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Check it out, please. Um, Okay, so we're going to go to quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you have luck. Or if you have, I mean, who are our vulnerable starting quarterback types this week? Are you worried about Wentz is not a starter? Carson Palmer mm-hmm. at Detroit, he's probably fine, but he was a QB two for most people anyway. Exactly. Are you worried about Derek Carr at Tennessee at all? Um, 
you know, not a whole lot. The game still has an over under a 51 and a half. That's one of the higher ones on the week. And I think uh, he'll find a way. There's enough weapons on that offense that he'll find a way to score sooner or later. I know Tennessee has a pretty strong defense, but uh, and, and it is a road matchup. But yeah, Derek Carr will be able to get his points. But again, a lot of people are drafting him as that low end QB one, QB two. So I, it really does depend on who your other option is. All right. Roethlisberger negative is a road game. Positive is he's at Cleveland. He, and he, mm-hmm. was, he was a borderline QB1 in drafts anyway. He was sort of going as QB13 in drafts. He's a guy you could think about benching if, if the matchup suggested it, right? If the matchup mm-hmm. for your second quarterback suggested it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could. Uh, at the same time, the Browns, I mean, they did improve their 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 pass rush and their secondary through the draft this year, adding guys like Miles Garrett and, and Jabril Peppers. So they're, they're, they're improved, and yeah, it's the road game, but but it is the Browns after all, and I, I still imagine that Big Ben will get about 202 touchdowns, it, like an average week for him. So again, it, it does depend on what your matchup dictates. All right, and the one other game we're going to need to watch, uh, Tampa Bay at Miami. As of right now, look, we're very early in the Hurricane Irma Irma process. It's out in the ocean. But Mm -hmm. right now, Miami is sort of, I don't know about center of the track, but it's pretty close to get there on Saturday night. So Mm -hmm. I would think, and maybe Sunday. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not a weatherman, as you probably Mm -hmm. know. But we're going to need to watch that one in the game. Look, the game couldn't get canceled. I don't know if it would move to Tuesday night. We have no idea what could happen with yeah. that. But just keep that would be on. a mess for fantasy week one to have a, a Thursday through Tuesday unique week and the very first one to kick it off. That'll right. be fun to see websites I mean, handling that. Yeah. So this could. I mean, the NFL has not said Tuesday. We're just kind of speculating. You know, hey, what you know, if Miami gets you know gets hit by a Category Four hurricane, you, you would imagine there would be some adjustments that need to be done. Mm-hmm. Certainly, and we hope that doesn't happen. And you know, shifting out to sea doesn't look likely at this point. But hopefully, something so we'll get some good news on that hurricane. All right. So anyway. Quarterbacks, um, who if you're going to pick up, replace Luck, you know, to, to, who, who's first on your list of the guys? Like, who you know, the first guy that comes out uh, on my list is is actually Sam Bradford of the Vikings. He, he gets a Monday night game against the Saints and uh, the over under on that game uh, is 48. So it's not one of the highest of the week. Uh, but defensively, that's just such an excellent matchup. Uh, you know, you, you take last year's stats with a grain of salt, but last year the Saints were dead last, even behind my Green Bay Packers in passing yards allowed per game. So Sam Bradford, someone who's only owned in 18% of Yahoo leagues, if you didn't draft a QB2 to complement Luck or, you know, have one of those really shaky matchups, uh, he's someone that I wouldn't mind picking up and, and rolling with because you know how the Saints like to get into shootouts and, and the Vikings are going to have to score a lot of points to keep up typically and 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 he might you know there'll be situations where he's throwing the ball up to stefan diggs you know he'll, he'll be hitting rudolph over the middle and and of course those dump off passes to, to delvin cook uh, if cook busts one for 60 i think he still gets a passing touchdown for that so there's there's plenty of opportunities for a guy like sam bradford to score points and, and a lot of availability out there as well um is that new stadium or were they in there last year i don't remember oh man I, i'm not 100 sure i think they maybe were in there last year all right, I don't remember. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, yeah, I think it was last year because they had that they had that giant horn that they started blowing oh, every every week, and that was like their new tradition. So I think this is year two in the stadium. That's right. Uh, okay. Um, also, this goes into the theme that I keep mentioning that people have been stopping by on this podcast all summer and telling me how the Vikings' offense is better than we think than mm-hmm. than the conventional wisdom would suggest. So um, I, I'm buying this Sam Bradford the, the pick for you. Um, who else do you like quarterback? You, you got it. You, you sent mm-hmm. me some names ahead of time. And one guy I want yeah. to ask about Tara Taylor. Yes. I like there's, it. Yep. But here's the jets are in a weird spot because mm-hmm. their defense is actually still pretty solid, even though they traded Sheldon Richardson. 
But you would think that the offense is going to be so bad that at some point the defense is just going to have to wear down, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And especially with the team uh, with with the running game of the Buffalo Bills. Now, a word of caution with Tyrod Taylor dealing with concussion symptoms, but he seems to be progressing through protocol pretty well. He was taking part in individual drills in yesterday and Monday's practice. So that's definitely a good sign. Now, as you did uh, allude to earlier in the show, there's always a chance that uh, that Nate Pierman would take over if Tyrod Taylor isn't quite ready. But I do like this matchup against the Jets. One, because you mentioned uh, the defense wearing down and you look at the numbers from last year, kind of a middle of the pack in terms of pass defense and, and Tyrod Taylor had I think yeah he had his best fantasy game against the Jets in week two of last year 297 yards three touchdowns one pick uh, tied for the most passes completed of 20 plus and 40 plus yards last year so uh, you know you can't put too much in last year but at the same time that's a little bit telling and and if Tyrod Taylor is able to get out there and get the start continue progressing through the concussion protocol I think he's a pretty decent stream matchup he's only owned in about 50 percent of Yahoo leagues right now okay um we're going to move over to Arizona, Detroit. Um, Stafford's owned in 91% of Yahoo leagues. Carson Palmer, 63. If you're in a shallower format, you kind of like Palmer. That game, the over under. Um, you saw. I've got I'm 48. seeing 48 right now. Yeah, I'm seeing 48 too. Mm-hmm. Um, Palmer. So there's that, going to be some points scored in that game. Yeah, for 24 21 kind of game, 27 24 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. And, and the Cardinals, they, they have weapons, you know, the Lions defense, they've got a, they've got a pretty solid pass rush and, and everything, but the Cardinals offense, you know, again, you get those dump offs to David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown, assuming those guys will be out there, you know, and ready to go. And of course, a, a sneaky late round sleeper that I've always liked a little bit, JJ Nelson, maybe Palmer can get him over the top once or twice. And, and, you know, I, I drafted Carson Palmer as, as a quarterback too, in a lot of leagues. And, and he is making this uh, matchup interesting when I'm thinking about, uh, if I have a because uh, I've got one dilemma where it's either Derek Carr or Carson Palmer and I'm pretty sure I'm going to lean towards Carr against the Titans but as we kind of discussed earlier it's a tough matchup and it's something to think about for sure okay um, next one down uh, on your list actually the last one on your list Mike if you're reaching I would guess yeah this is more for a, a two quarterback format so we're going to try to cover all bases on, on this podcast so you know we already alluded to some of those uh those really fringe guys the Pyramids and the Tolzines that you know only two quarterback formats and and I I, I would throw Glennon into that mix because he's probably someone that was you know barely taken in two quarterback formats if so at the end and I just I see potential for garbage time against the Falcons of course the Falcons uh, that devastating Super Bowl loss they're going to want to come out strong with a fast start aggressive uh they're seven point favorites the over under on that game is 49 and a half but the bears at home yeah the offensive weapons are a little bit are, are a little bit shaky especially if they take a big hit with cam meredith but this is a this is a situation where i'm maybe not a ton of first half points for for glennon but i'm looking more to garbage time when you know the safeties are deep and, and they'll be able to connect a little bit over the mid- middle as glennon tries to figure out who's going to be the main guy there uh catching catching passes all right four percent of yahoo leagues everybody Mm-hmm. Um, so so he's out there for this week only you know I, I'm not advising to hang on to him long term or spend more than a dollar in fab money on him but right. you know maybe this week we'll get you somewhere okay um, the guys I was thinking about uh, well, actually one I'm going to explain why he, you would think he might be attractive but I don't think he is um, one is Jared Goff who I kind of like in this in this mix because he's playing at home against the Colts I don't love Goff generally but the Colts could be bad and this could be an ugly game for, for the Colts. The defense isn't good. 
Um, I, I, I mean, wait, would Goff, where would Goff be in this mix? I mean, you didn't add him, so you probably, you, you don't seem like you like him that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the more I look at it though, I, I like to, you know, see these different perspectives. Colts are bottom 10 pass defense last year and Goff is at home. You have to imagine Goff is only going up from what he was able to do last year. There's not much room for, for regression there for sure. So yeah, I could definitely see it probably limiting it to the two quarterback leagues. If you're in a standard 12 team or chances are one of the guys that we mentioned uh, should be out there on the waiver wire, but, but Hey, Goff's a chance. And I think, uh, you know, about, about equivalent with Glennon there, maybe uh, as far as options that you could pick up to start. Okay. The other thing I want to, alert everybody to because I, I i would suspect that some people are going to be recommending brian hoyer mm. i like brian hoyer okay i think i brian hoyer is, is on a couple of my teams as a second quarterback because i like the situation i like that he's with shanahan and everything however please 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 i'm telling you i know you're going to call me a homer the panthers defense is going to be very good last year mm. they were 29th in pass defense and you look if you look at that you're going to look at it and say, man, this is a nice home matchup for Hoyer. I don't buy it. I think the Panthers defense is good. I, uh, Hoyer, Hoyer if, if people tell you to stream Hoyer, I, I would like to express my word of caution on that right now because the Panthers defense is better than you think. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Luke Keekley, who missed all those games last year, he's back and ready to go. And I think that provides just a massive boost for those guys. I mean, Keekley is the difference maker, heart and soul of a defense. So yeah. I do I do think that they were a little bit underrated when I looked at most team defense cheat sheets this year. And uh, and I, I do agree with you. I, picking up Brian Hoyer to stream, maybe not the greatest. He, you know, it'd be different if, if the 49ers had a load of offensive weapons. But I think they're going to try to they're going to try to run the ball a lot. And then we might see a lot of Pierre Garçon. They don't really have much out of a tight end since they traded McDonald's. So, yeah, I would caution against that streaming matchup. Yeah. And everybody, uh, Panthers corner, James Bradbury. Pro Bowler, watch, listen. All right, heard it here. All right, all right. I'll keep an eye out for Actually, it. It's not unique because everybody in Charlotte thinks the same thing. So I'm not going to claim to be some groundbreaking. You know, put my flag in the ground on that one. But he's really good. All right, everyone, you've tried daily fantasy sports games, and I know how it went. You had fun playing. You loved the competition, and you lost, and you lost, and you lost some more. I know that. I've gone through that um, in tournaments, especially. Yeah, and the, when you play against the Sharks, it can, it can be kind of rough. So sometimes you quit playing. Playing daily fantasy is supposed to be fun, but continually losing isn't. But I'm going to tell you here about a whole new approach to daily fantasy sports, the fanball number at fanball.com. Here's the fanball difference. Your fanball number identifies your skill level and it ensures that you play in contests against players at your skill level. If your fanball number is 35, you're not going to be playing against experts rated in the 80s and 90s. They have their own contest. At fanball.com, every player has a fanball number and every contest has a fanball number. So you can find a contest rated around 35 knowing that it'll have players like yourself. They've leveled the playing field with the fanball number at fanball.com. Have more fun and a better chance to win. Um, you got a few days to sign up for that for Daily Fantasy, so go check it out. All right, running backs. Um. So let's say you did draft early in the summer and your uh, first fab run is this week and Kareem Hunt's out there on the mm-hmm. on the waiver wire. What do you do? Yeah, well, Kareem Hunt is available in 7% of Yahoo leagues. So there are a handful of teams out there or a handful of leagues that uh, he might be around in, you know, particularly in those early drafts that haven't allowed any pickups yet. He's a very intriguing option, of course, with the Spencer Ware injury. He expects to step in and be the guy. I guess Chuck Hendrick West is behind him, someone with at least a bit of familiarity in that offense. But Kareem Hunt is someone that very much depends on your draft strategy and your current needs as to how much you're going to bid on him. If if you did that whole punt running back strategy where you went quantity over quality with hopes that one of those guys would pass up, 
pan out uh, towards the end, then your bid jumps a lot. You, you can make a case for all of it. Um, I'd say most people, if you're set at running backs, probably only need to bid around $75 to 75% of your fab. I, we usually work off a $100 budget. Right. Um, and I'm high on Hunt, but I definitely am not expecting Brian Westbrook or LaShawn McCoy uh, out of this Andy Reid offense. He's he's not quite at that level athletically. Our own Mario Puy kind of pointed out in one of his NFL barometers how the combine numbers – Four six two forty. Uh, the broad jump even about one hundred nineteen. I think uh, I'm just kind of spitballing off the top of my head there. But you know they don't scream exceptional athlete. And um, I did mention that you know you know maybe Chuck Hendrick West is waiting around and there could be a little bit more of a split uh, than I hoped. But uh, you know I, I I think he'll be a good player. He'll get enough downs. The Chiefs, of course, we all know they're going to run the ball a lot. Uh, you know Tyreek Hill might get some of those runs, so so we'll have to see on that. But overall, he's someone that you spend seventy-five to eighty percent of your budget on, just based purely on opportunity. Because you could have be the most skilled athlete in the world and not quite have the opportunity. And it, there's a fifty-fifty split in trying to scout these players. Kareem Hunt definitely checks out a hundred percent in the opportunity department. He sure does. Um, everybody, a word of warning about Kareem Hunt: the Chiefs just signed Akeem Hunt to their practice squad. Do not pick up Akeem Hunt when trying to pick up Kareem Hunt. You'll be yes. Mocked. I saw a lot of people do that in drafts, burn a third round pick on Akeem Hunt. Uh, you know, if you ser- if you do a Twitter search for it, you'll find a bunch of people lamenting about that. So absolutely, be very careful, Kareem. Yes. Be very very careful. You don't want to be mocked by your friends and by us. So please stay away from Akeem Hunt. All right, Cowboy running backs. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. As we as we're doing this Tuesday, almost noon Eastern, uh, we don't have any Ezekiel Elliott news. So. Mm-hmm. If you if you have Ezekiel Elliott, or even if, if you if you want to take a flyer on a back and you don't have Ezekiel Elliott, it, it could be tempting to try to get one of the Cowboy backups if they're still available. Is it still if you had Zeke, would you kind of would you make an investment in Darren McFadden, or are you too worried about the the idea of a committee there? The committee would be the most likely outcome. But Darren McFadden would lead that committee and behind that Dallas offensive line that potentially gets you RB2 uh, production. So Darren McFadden only owned an 84 percent of Yahoo leagues. So there is a 16 percent chance he's out there. If you take a look, I think he'd be worth a very heavy fab bid as well. Alfred Morris could sneak some of that goal line work, which is uh, the worry with the committee. And maybe Alfred Morris would be worth a look in, in a 16-team format. But the way it's looking with Elliott right now, we don't know if that suspension is going to be going to be holding the very first week. Uh, you know, only time will tell. We'll hopefully get you updated uh, on the pod. Of course, you can always check out Rotowire for the latest news. But uh, but so yeah, there is a bit of a committee. But McFadden, if he's out there, warrants I'd say almost a 50% fab bid if he uh, just because of the uncertainty with Elliot, it is a bit of a gamble and it all depends on how risk averse you are. But if he's out there, I think you need to at least be bidding on him. Even if you don't really need him, you need to go throw out 15 to $25 on him just to, to always be improving your roster. Okay. Um, Jaquiz Rogers, what is his ownership level? You have that handy? I believe I- it is pretty heavy. Uh, I'm going to take a peek right now at, not as heavy as I thought, only 61%. Hmm. And Jaquiz Rogers is someone that, of course, while Doug Martin is suspended, he was used heavily in the absence of Martin at the end of last season. And and the skill level's there. He's able to he's able to catch passes out of the backfield, so he does help for your PPR. Charles Sims is around, so he might cut into that workload a little bit. But I do like I, I believe Jaquiz Rogers 
is startable. Now, of course, he's in that game that's supposed to be played at Miami. So that's another level of uncertainty there. But these first three weeks, uh, one one of the players that I was advocating for, if you did take Ezekiel Elliott uh, early in drafts and were expecting that six game suspension, Rodgers was another one of those players like McFadden that I was saying could be productive early in the year because just because of the Doug Martin suspension there. Okay. Let's move on to the uh, hey, Jaquiz Rogers. That game last year when he had a start against the, I think it was the Panthers. It was a Monday night game. I think he carried the ball 10 times on the first drive. And he went 30 for 100. So he wasn't particularly mm-hmm. effective, but the volume was, you, you said earlier, you used the word opportunity. There's some cer- certainly some opportunity there for Jaquiz mm-hmm. Rogers. Eagles. So there were some rumblings the last few weeks about maybe they weren't happy with Garrett Blunt, and you know maybe they're going to cut him, which they didn't. Um, Doug Peterson says... You know, it's going to depend on the situation. I don't know who my lead back's going to be. You're like, oh, God, not this again. Here we go. You know Darren Sproles is going to get his share. But Blunt with Wendell Smallwood, what, what do you think? Is Wendell Smallwood worth a pickup? It would, have to, it would seem to me it would have to be sort of a stash kind of thing. But you can say that yeah. about a lot of people. I always do like to uh, throw out a couple stash options uh, on this show. Someone that maybe won't be so great this coming week against Washington, but could be helpful for you in in the mid to late parts of the season. Uh, A theme that I'll always go back to is you you should be, even if your starters are all set, you should be improving your roster and maximizing your roster top to bottom every week. You can't afford to uh, be passive on the waiver wire in a given week. And Smallwood is someone that uh, could potentially help your team. Darren Sproles, surprisingly, is only owned in 50% of Yahoo formats right now. I just, I had to check on that. So I would probably go Sproles over Smallwood if you need someone to be productive weeks one, two, and three, maybe. Uh, but Smallwood's someone who I think could eventually, I mean, Sproles is getting up there. He's been around a long time here, a veteran player. Smallwood's someone who I think will see his role expand as the season gets later on. Smallwood was a player I targeted in best ball formats in those MFL 10s because, you know, that's at 34 years old, it's tough to see what we'll get out of Sproles. I think he might be a little bit more productive early in the year, but yeah, yeah, late in the year, that stash option for Smallwood. I just, I'd not seen it with LeGarrette Blunt because Doug Peterson really likes to run the off tackle stuff and LeGarrette Blunt excels the most in between the tackles. So that, that is a potential detriment to someone like Sproles or Smallwood if Blunt stays around and gets the short yardage. But I think the majority of the rushing yards, I, I would probably guess that from a pure yardage standpoint, Sproles plus Smallwood exceeds Blunt this year. I think I'd buy that. I think Sproles is going to be busy. Yeah, I, I think that's a good that's a good one. I agree. Um, two guys I wanted to ask you about. I'm looking at the the ownership percentages. Jeremy Hill is 48%. Now, that Bengals backfield could be a mess. We don't know about the offensive line. They're playing the Ravens, who should be tough. But if you're going to ask me about running backs who could score a touchdown this week, I feel like Jeremy Hill would be in my top 25. Yeah, for non-PPR formats, I, I, I'm i with you there. I, I'm buying this from Jeremy Hill. I know he's been uh, a little bit banged up. I, we got him with a questionable tag. He's, he's been dealing with an ankle injury, so uh, that, that's limited him, limited him a little bit in the preseason. But this is a case where we have a rookie back in this backfield in Joe Mixon that we expect to eventually take over and become the lead back. But in the early season, what's well, to stop the Bengals from going to what they know, especially Jeremy Hill in short yardage situations. So, I, I, it's very it'd be very tough for me to start an unknown like Joe Mixon in week one. Uh, but I, I mean, of course, when it comes down to the end of the year, Mixon will probably lead that three headed monster there right. in yards. But you think the Patriots backfield is tough to assess. Bengals fall right in there. So it is a little bit of a gamble with any of those guys. All right. And speaking of backfields that are tough to assess, um, my man, CJ Procise, 
if I'm in a PPR and they're playing the Packers, now they have Lacey and they have Rawls and they have Chris Carson and they have ProSize. I think the one thing we seem to be clear on is that ProSize is going to be the third down back as to whether he gets more work than that. It might be wor- it might be a later in the season thing rather than a week one thing. You wouldn't I, I, I probably wouldn't even flex him if I unless I was in a dire straits, right? Yeah, I could see this. The Packers being one of those matchups where uh, ProSize could get more use. But again, you'd have to be flexing him in maybe a 16 teamer because there is a lot of uncertainty. Now, ProSize, just six games last year, caught 17 passes, racked up 208 receiving yards, uh, a lot more productive through the air than he was on the ground. And the skill is there in a matchup against the Packers. If this matchup were in week seven or eight. Then I'd be a lot. I'd be uh, more comfortable with someone like Proceeds after we uh, kind of get a feel for how that backfield's going to shake out. But a matchup against the Packers, you would imagine there needs to be a lot of points scored in that game to be, to to match the high-powered offense led by Aaron Rodgers, and that means a lot of work from the third down back. So I, I see where you're coming from. I do think Proceeds needs to be owned in just about all formats uh, because there is a lot of late season potential and a lot of upside athleticism there. Uh, week one, you're right though; it is a little bit shaky. Okay, uh, everybody, you've been waiting for this since February 6th. Football season is here, and there's no better way to get closer to the game you love than with DraftKings One Week Fantasy Football. To celebrate, DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 contest this Sunday that's totally free to enter. And if you draft the perfect lineup, $1 billion, Jake. Can you believe that for fantasy football, $1 billion? Yeah, a, bi- a billion dollars. That's like filling out a perfect bracket, but... It's always fun to play. I, I love that. I love that whole scheme that they've got going on because it's going to get a lot of people into daily fantasy sports and, and they'll realize how much fun it is and uh, want to do it more and more every week. Right. I mean, I, I'm mad. I'm thinking about when I started playing fantasy football in 1988, that someone was going to tell me I could get a billion dollars for a free lineup. And I was sitting there with a notebook and getting stats out of the newspaper. And someone's given me a billion dollars for a perfect lineup. This sounds awesome, DraftKings. I love this. All right. With DraftKings, there are many ways to play. Choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you compete against a group of your friends. I love that option. DraftKings also has beginner and casual contests where you play against people of similar skill level. The best part is you get to draft a new team each week without any commitment. So you don't, like last year, if you drafted Todd Gurley, it didn't, you didn't have to suffer all season. You just didn't have to pick him the next week. So get to DraftKings.com now and use promo code WIRE to draft, play in DraftKings free contest with $100,000 in total prizes this Sunday. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion. That's promo code WIRE to play for your shot to win $1 billion this Sunday. The contest is totally free to enter, so why wouldn't you try? DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply, but see DraftKings.com for details. Again, $1 billion. Go check it out on DraftKings. Let's go wide receivers, Jake. Um, so the people, some of the miserable people that see Spencer Ware owners are not happy. Julian Edelman owners are not happy. I am a Julian Edelman owner in an MFL and my, my favorite MFL that I placed with some of my friends. Um, I picked Julian Edelman round four. So if I'm scouting the Pats wide receivers, who do you think is going to benefit? Because it seems like there's a lot of moving parts there and there's no obvious choice. Yeah, of course, Bill Belichick offenses are always tough to predict on a week to week basis. And and there is a lot going on here. So I, I would have definitely agreed with Edelman as a fourth round pick in the PPR format like an MFL 10. But if you're in a season long and you have Edelman, uh, 
I do like looking within the team to replace him. Uh, first and foremost, that being Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan went just outside of the top 100 in one of my drafts last night. But looking back at, at Yahoo, he's owned an 82%. So if your league hasn't had Fab yet, there is a slight chance that he's around there. And I think within the team, Chris Hogan immediately steps up to be that wide receiver two behind Brandon Cooks. Of course, Cook and Cooks and Rob Gronkowski are going to get the lion's share of the targets for that team. But after Cooks in terms of wide receivers, I like Hogan two, Danny Amendola three, and Malcolm Mitchell four. Of course, Phil Dorsett is a player the Patriots just added here. But uh, our NFL editor, Mike Doria, pointed out to me that Philip Dorsett physically looks almost like Brandon Cooks. They're 5'10", about right. 190, and, and are both deep threats. So instead of Forsett stepping into the slot or something like that, I'm sorry, Dorsett, not Forsett. Uh, instead of Dorsett slept, stepping into the slot, slot or something like that, I see him as more of a direct backup to Brandon Cooks and, and, and not really someone that is worth adding. If you're looking within the Patriots, it's got to be Chris Hogan because we, even in the preseason game that Edelman got hurt, it was Hogan that immediately came off the bench to take his place in most formations. I see that's how it's going to be for most of the year. So Chris Hogan is your top Patriots receiver target. I could see making a small bid for Danny Amendola just in case there is, uh, I guess, some slight upside there. But I'd be targeting Hogan first. All right. Hogan, 82% owned on Yahoo. So no guarantees at all you're going to get him. But uh, mm-hmm. you definitely need to look for him. Yeah, Amendola, I keep saying, I, I see lines of like eight catches for 54 yards coming. So <laughs> A lot of those, which is productive in a PPR format True. on occasion. Uh, but yeah, standard formats would be rough and, and it is a little risky. All right. Um, Saints, Willie Sneed out suspended three weeks. Um who do you like? That Ted, I, I have a hard time with Ted Ginn on the Saints. Yeah, Ted Ginn's very boomer bust. He's someone that you you know we keep referring back to those MFL tens that are best ball formats. He's maybe someone to take in the later rounds there. I can see about a maybe five to eight dollars maximum on someone like Ted Ginn this week because I do. There is, of course, the the potential for a long touchdown. It will be tough. The Vikings have an excellent defense, but. At the same time, I could see Ted Ginn being maybe this year Steve Smith, someone who's awesome in the first three games and then doesn't really do much the rest of the season, uh, a veteran of that sort. So I, I think Ted Ginn is uh, is reasonable. To, it's a tough call this week against the Vikings in a deep format. Right. But Ted Ginn's an ad just because of the next couple of weeks. He's only he's actually owned in 67 percent of Yahoo formats. So people are definitely catching up on that. There's not as much availability as we originally thought. But. He's someone that that is worth adding, probably should be owned, especially while Snead is out. If if anything, you've got good wide receivers. Pick up Ted Ginn just to block someone else from getting him <laughs> and and potentially getting a, a 180 yard touchdown pass against you. You know, you know, uh, that's a strategy that, uh, that that we do like to advocate over the course of the year that goes hand in hand with the theme of making the most of your roster better. But you should even if you're comfortable with your starters, be picking up guys just so other people aren't. OK, um, you mentioned Mike Glennon earlier. Thinking, you know, they're going to be losing. They're going to throw. Cameron Meredith's not there anymore. Who's Mike Lennon going to throw to, do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're going to see a decent amount of Kevin White. Of course, he was a first-round pick that never really panned out a ton last year. Uh, but physically, 6'3", 215, he's 25 years old. He should be in, a, in his athletic prime. Uh, I think we'll see a decent amount of him. And I also think we're going to see a little bit more Zach Miller than people expect. Kind of a, uh, a comfort option, uh, the tight end there. I would not necessarily go aggressively after someone like Marcus Wheaton or Kendall Wright, uh, especially with Marcus Wheaton dealing with that finger injury. So he's going to be out a couple of weeks, probably not going to help you a whole lot. I mean, Kendall Wright, 
is an option, I guess. You'd have to be in a really, really deep format. I mean, he has had years where, uh, I mean, he did catch 94 balls with the Titans one year, so I guess there might be a little bit of Kendall Wright appeal as he starts to enter the, the final years of his prime. Uh, but overall, uh, I think it boosts the value. Cam Meredith's injury, if anything, boosts the value of Kevin White the most, but he's probably not available. Uh, Kendall Wright is one of those flyer options, I'd say. Okay, yeah, Ke- Kevin White. I want it to be Kevin White. I really oh. do. Mm-hmm. It's just whether it will be or not. I, I think. I mean, we're going to find out. I, I think Kevin White's got that potential to to be next weekend's hot free agent pickup because if he's healthy, or next week's top free agent, if he's healthy and he lives up to any level of his potential this week, if Glennon throws them a lot, people are going to go. That's it. First round pick. Go get him. So yeah, you, you absolutely. Might be early yeah, he's on the someone to him. Yeah, he's someone we could be advocating a twenty-six to thirty-one dollar bid. I always like to go one over the, the even marks there. But uh, next week, he's only owned in forty-nine percent of Yahoo League, so it's a coin flip that he's out there. And it, if you're if you're in a deep league, he's probably gone. But if you're in a twelve-team league, it wouldn't hurt to get him now when he'll cost you one or two dollars instead of next week when he'll cost you twenty or thirty dollars. Okay. Um, Kenny Galladay in Detroit got some hype in August. Mm-hmm. Um, did you buy it? Is he a guy that you would own? What, what format would it take for you to want to bid on him? It would, it would probably be uh, 14 or 16 teams. I think he can be left alone in the 12 teamers for now. Uh, he's someone, I, I don't know that maybe if you have an injury, but you still like your starting lineup and you just want to pick a guy up for zero with some potential. I, I could buy that. Kenny Galladay has to build six four two fifteen to be a red zone target to maybe surpass Marvin Jones. Uh, we saw what Marvin Jones was able to do last year with the Lions was, was surprisingly productive for most, of course, boosted by some of those games against my Packers. But beside the point, the Galladay hype has faded quite a bit since that big two touchdown game in the preseason. But he is still rosterable in a deeper format. I'm not sure I'd start him going against the Cardinals secondary this week uh, you really can't do that but he's someone with a ton of availability that you know is maybe worth an ad just to kind of take up space more than a guy that's injured or a second kicker or something like that all right and uh like you said that matchup with the cardinal secondary not great marvin jones 67 percent owned so i like marvin jones right now i feel like some people here on this podcast have talked me into marvin jones more i owned him last year and he burned me but he was hurt he's a pretty good receiver yeah, I mean, I'd probably for if you need someone that's going to help you in the first five weeks of the season, I would I would pick up Marvin Jones at that ownership percentage. Kenny Galladay is only owned at fifteen percent, so there's probably more uh, of you know availability there. But you know, our own uh, Clay Linka at RotoWire, we did a draft last night, and and he took Galladay in our twelve teamer, so he is rostered wow. in the league that I'm looking at him right now. So it's more of a stash option uh, if you were to take him in a ten or twelve teamer after that that hype that got built up from the preseason game. He, you know, he can maybe be a drop candidate. I always hate doing that before you really see regular season action. Uh, but, but if, but if you really need a, a roster spot and they're in a shallow format, chances are he'll be back to pick up next week if you need him back. Uh, so th- there's some appeal there, but, but not as much as there was two, three weeks ago. Okay. Some guys I wanted to ask you about, um, that are at low, relatively low ownership percentages. So let's call it, we'll do the lightning round of wide receivers. Zay Jones, any interest? Yeah, definitely some interest. He's gone in just about every draft that I've done over the past week. And uh, Jordan Matthews has had some trouble staying healthy. He's had some trouble with drops. So uh, there needs to be some receiver that gets that gets the t- targets from Tyrod Taylor. Of course, the value takes a big hint, hit if it's Nathan Peterman. But uh, there, I think Zay Jones should be owned in just about all 12 teamers and beyond. And he's in 44% of leagues. Um, Robbie Anderson, 
Bryce Petty did throw to him a lot the last few games last year. I know he's not perfect, but and it's a bad offense. But. Yeah, Robbie Anderson's been going in uh, most of the drafts there. That depth chart on New York is absolutely dreadful, and somebody's got to catch passes. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Forte-Powell combination catches more passes than any single wide receiver, the way that offense is built. But you know, you, there's got to be at least one receiver on every team that is somewhat fantasy-relevant, and I think it would be Robbie Anderson over Jermaine Curse in New York. All right, any interest in Cooper Cup? I mean, the Rams... Not a high-powered offense, and they have Sammy Watkins and Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. I own Cup in one league, and it's a $1 player in a keeper league. So I'm not looking to throw him out into my lineup week one, week two probably even. There's long-term upside, but but in redraft format, that, that, that upside diminishes a little bit. Just as a rookie receiver with not a great quarterback and other options in, in the wide receiving group. Okay, um, Cup is 25% owned and probably a PP. I mean, he, he's one, Goff was looking at him short, slot guy, could maybe that Danny Amendola comp that I mentioned <laughs> yeah, earlier. Yeah, I mean, if you need a 10-point floor yeah. in, in a couple, or 10-point floor might even be a little bit generous. Uh, yep. But uh, but if you need you know someone that's at least going to score points, probably catch a pass or two in a really, really deep format, then maybe he's someone you look at. All right, last one. Um, Paul Richardson. Now the curse is gone. Paul Richardson is a starting receiver for the Seahawks who say they're going to open things up a little more. Any interest mm-hmm. here? I like Paul. I, I always thought Paul Richardson was a little underrated. Um, someone on Monday, uh, Dennis Esser was on with me and was was talking about Paul Richardson a little bit as sort of a, a guy people are forgetting about that could be DC. He's not going to you know blow it up, but it could, could mm-hmm. he be – I don't know about startable, in, not in a 12-teamer anyway. He's maybe a stash option. I think the Seahawks, and you know, I know their offensive line isn't great, but they do really want to return to running the ball a lot this year. And I think we'll see a little bit more of a run-heavy approach. And like the Patriots, their top two pass catchers are a receiver and a tight end. I think Baldwin and Jimmy Graham are going to be are, are going to be big factors. Jimmy Graham was going as a top three, four tight end in a lot of my drafts this year. Paul Richardson, to me. Depends on Tyler Lockett a little bit. He's he's just dealing with a uh, with a minor injury here. Should be back a leg injury. But remember when everyone was taking Tyler Lockett in like the fifth round yes. last year? You know a lot a lot of a lot of times I think as you know as so called fantasy experts or seasoned fantasy players they see these guys with with big talent and potential and are a year early on them. That could very well happen with Tyler Lockett this year. Um, so yeah, there is a little bit of appeal to Paul Richardson, but as far as a stash option, I'm taking the explosiveness of Tyler Lockett to occupy the bottom spots on my bench. All right, everybody. Hey, raise your hand. If you won less than you thought last season at daily fantasy football, Jake, did you think you're going to hit it big? My hands up over here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, you play against sharks and people are entering, you know, $20 a piece at a hundred entries, stuff like that. It's a nice challenge. And if you take those guys down, that's great. But, uh, you know, more often than not, it's kind of a losing proposition. If you're tired of losing at daily fantasy football, check out Let's Rumble in the Apple App Store. Let's Rumble matches you with players of the same skill level, giving you a fair chance every time. You can play head to head for your best chance of winning or group up to play multiple rivals for a bigger payout. You can rank in the weekly leaderboards to win free cash prizes. You heard that right. Free cash prizes awarded every week. All you have to do is play the game and you'll be entered in the leaderboard. Your highest score will determine your spot that week. Download Let's Rumble in the Apple App Store now and get a free $5 bonus with your deposit. Folks, if you want to win in Daily Fantasy, I encourage you to check out Let's Rumble in the Apple App Store. All right, let's wrap it with tight ends. Um, I, I mean, I talked about O.J. Howard as a guy who you might have drafted early on. And now if you have him, you're going, eh. Maybe a little buyer's remorse and you're not interested in starting him. Is there a guy – here's what first I want to ask. The, the, the worry guy is Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. 
He was on a lot of people's, people's sort of breakout list, including mine. He returned to practice Monday, but he's been bothered by an injury, and we, we don't know what his status is going to be. Is mm-hmm. there anybody else who worries you sort of in the top 15 tight end range that you're looking at and you're going, I don't know that I want to start this guy in week one? I'm a, you know, Jack Doyle was someone that was getting drafted as maybe a low end tight end one in 12 to 14 teamers. And with Scott Tolzien at the helm, there's security blanket possibilities. You know, I'm just saying that because he's a tight end, not because of any right. known chemistry there. So he's someone that is in fringe tight end one territory uh, that might uh, that might want to head to your bench this week. Uh, you know, you mentioned Ebron, uh, Tyler Eifert. He was back in practice Monday with a knee issue. Uh, he missed the last two preseason games. Uh, you think he'd be okay, but guys, it's Tyler Eifert. When have you ever really been able to count on him <laughs> to be okay consistently? So maybe there's a little bit of a worry there. So there are a handful of guys that didn't get drafted. Uh, maybe Jared Cook comes to mind just because there aren't a lot of other tight end options in Oakland, and and he is a big target for Derek Carr. Uh, you know, someone that if they don't, if they're not bowling it to Marshawn Lynch, you know, in short yardage situations, throw it up to a six five two fifty Jared Cook, just like Aaron Rodgers did a lot last year. Possibility there, you know, and and he's and he's out there, so he's someone to look at potentially. Uh, you know, some other guys I wrote down. Uh, well, I, I I guess you know Evan Ingram's probably more of a stash option. You know, a young tight end, someone maybe owned in keeper formats, but the Giants have typically like going to a tight end, and and he could be someone they look to. So there are a couple options, but. We all know that after week one, there's going to be that that crazy tight end that nobody thought of that emerges out of nowhere. That'll be, you know, you know, the Gary Barnage type or something like that, where uh, you, you're going to be able to pick him up and help you do some damage in your leagues. Right. Um, I got two guys that I want to talk about. First, uh, George Kittle with the Niners. Now, this would be a reach. This might be a I'm actually writing that down as a DFS option. Here's why. Um, he's starting for the Niners since they trade Vance McDonald. Mm-hmm. He didn't catch a ton of passes at Iowa, but over the last two seasons, I mean, he caught 42 passes over the last two seasons, but averaged about 14 plus, almost 14 and a half yards per catch. I want to read you a quote from John Lynch in July. He's really flashed. He's got some suddenness to him in his movements. He catches the ball extremely well. He gives us something we don't have as a, play, as a playmaker down in the red zone. He's that guy that can go one-on-one and can compose his will and out-athlete people. I mean, it's the Niners. Yes. There's not a lot of guys to throw to. Exactly. I mean, yeah, beyond Pierre Garçon, no one jumps out as a clear pass catcher. What's impressive, you know, kind of to paraphrase what Lynch said there, is that George Kittle is 6'4", 250 almost, and he recorded a 4'5", 240 time for that size. That's tremendous. So he's definitely someone that is quick and will be able, and will be able to sneak up on you over the middle and potentially outrun linebackers. So I, I do have slight concerns about jumping out there week one just because of who knows how that right. you know pass catching distribution is going to show up. Uh, you, of course, you mentioned uh, the the um, they got the Panthers, right? Yep. So, you know, being a better defense than we anticipated. So maybe maybe he does if he if he burns them early, I think Keekley's gonna pay a little bit more attention to him. Uh so it is I'm a little hesitant week one, but I do think that he should be he's a player. Most fantasy sites have a watch list feature where you kind of click a bunch of players and stars next to them and and you can kind of either you can you can do this on rotowire.com too, set up those those players and wait for news to come out. And that's a good strategy for helping to decide on future waiver wire picks. He's he's one of those young players that there's a little bit of uncertainty, but he'll be someone that I could see being a popular ad down the road if he starts getting more involved in the offense. All right, folks. 
That's it for our free agent and fab recommendation for the week. Listeners to this podcast and get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required, and that lets you check out, check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out, rotowire.com slash pod. You only get the free trial if you review and rate this podcast on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely go out there and do that. I'm actually kidding, but I really want you to <laughs> review and rate the podcast, everybody. Yeah. Jake, what else you got going on this week? I'm going to be getting ready for UFC 215 on Saturday. And, of course, uh, all the week one, I've got a lot of fab waiver wire stuff coming up tomorrow. Uh, And, yeah, just checking everything out, getting ready for football season, getting all our customers that have that 10-day free trial uh, help set up using, you know, our draft software and that for other remaining drafts. Of course, our iOS draft kit app is out there and ready to go. So uh, football and UFC for me this week. Yeah. Remember I told you last time when we talked about UFC that I promised you I was going to watch? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I can't blame you. I mean, Jones had a heck of a knockout at that uh, UFC 214, but now he's popped for another use out of violation. So a really, really depressing possible end to that to what was a great career. One of these weeks, I'm really gonna, I'm really gonna watch it. I, I swear, I don't know when, but I'll surprise mm-hmm. you on one of the Tuesdays because we're gonna be here every Tuesday. Jake and I are doing this every Tuesday, talking about waiver wire pickups, fab bids, things like that. Please check it out again. Mm-hmm. Mondays we're gonna wrap up the weekend. Tuesdays we're gonna do this. Thursdays, we're going to preview the weekend, and Fridays, we're going to sort of put a bow on it and, and talk about the injury reports and things like that. So uh, please check out the Rotowire Fantasy Football Contest. Tell your friends. Jake, I'll talk to you it's next week. It's the most okay. important show yeah. you'll see all week, you listen to all week. It's the best one that'll help you to win in your league. Thanks as always, John, and looking forward to be back with you all season. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it as well. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by. Fanball. Our next episode is going to be coming on Thursday, like I said, so please check back then to get you all ready for week one. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.